Oh shit, what up? We're back. <laughs> um, hello. Hi. Hi. It's good to see you We're again. We're back. <laughs> we did it. Episode two. Episode two. This is officially no longer our first rodeo <laughs> this is our second rodeo we we finally did it we we're getting back up on the horse well that, do you rodeo horses or is it just like bulls do you ro- is, is rodeo <laughs> is that a verb <laughs> the most california thing i've ever said is rodeoing a thing you do or is it is a it's like a, they, it a i know they do it competitively competitive rodeoing <laughs> what what is competitive rodeoing tell me it's uh is where the man or the woman in the big hat climbs on top of the animal and then or yeehaws on it for an extended period of time before I guess getting kicked off. I, I'm desperate for culture. I need someone I don't understand. I don't understand. Well, this is the right place for culture. Welcome to the show, guys. It's culture in it. This Hello. Is episode, episode two, everybody. <laughs> episode two, baby. Let's go. Happy. 2022 andy happy 2022 can't believe we made it yeah sure did so much to talk about so much to talk about oh my gosh we have a whole year under our belt and a whole year in review that we definitely want to get into yep 2021 hell of a year we consumed a lot of uh content we consumed a lot of food oh (laughs) you can hear the gentle tippy taps of the doggies coming in the room (laughs) hi dude Cozy. He's cozy. He's cozy. We're cozy. Now it's time for you to get cozy. Yeah. Roll up. Get your jammies on. Come kick it. Smoke a little joint. Smoke a little joint if you feel like it. Smoke a little something. Take a little shot if you want to. Come hang out with us. We're taking shots listening to a podcast. (laughs) You're crazy. You're crazy. Straight to jail. (laughs) Oh my God. I know people are doing that. It's definitely someone's pregame out there. So let me put on an episode of the Joe Rogan experience and just pound some fireball. Well, if you're pounding fireball to this podcast, I want to hang out with you. <laughs> you're cooler than someone who pounds fireball to the Joe Rogan experience. Probably. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're home. <laughs> We're home. I hope you're home. We're on the road, driving safely. Be be careful out there. If you're the guy drinking and driving to the <laughs> podcast, we shouldn't hang out. Someone's just like, oh fuck, I don't want to go to fucking work today. He's in his car, shitty little car stuck on the four hundred five. Just, uh, I need, I need my release. I need something. I need my release. I need bottom text. The podcast. Bottom text. <laughs> <laughs> so twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. A so year in review. About. A year in review. Oh my goodness. I'm so tired of hearing a year in review. Yeah. I feel like every year, just like a year in review of the year well how else how else are you supposed to current come oh, fuck me <laughs> how else are you supposed to compartmentalize what the fuck happened during the past 12 months than by i don't know making a short list and talking about the things you liked and you didn't like <laughs> well i mean we could talk about current events but we're gonna talk about why would we yeah, let's just talk about like media and stuff and i don't know it's more fun than Oh, yeah. All the events that happened. I, I'm a little too current on my events, personally. And I think I would benefit from being a little bit less current. I gotta slip out of the current. I gotta get into some movies shit. No, let's start talking about, like, uh, you know, past years. How about that? Past years? That we're not as current. We can talk about the 90s or something. Oh, my God, dude. Do you remember the 90s? It was crazy. No, I don't. <laughs> I was fucked up back then. I probably do have a memory that happens to occur in the 90s but i don't think i can tell you what it is i was uh 
I was out of control. I was shitting and pissing on myself 24-7. I was so fucked up back then. No, no, the 1990s, not last week, Sean. No, <laughs> the night. Where's the drum, where's the drum roll? Where is it? Someone cue the drum roll. <laughs> there it is. So let's start talking about yeah. some, some things we saw in 2020. Yeah, we had a really good 2021 in terms of content lots of stuff i really really enjoyed watching with you this year yeah what do you want to start with we have so much to talk about oh my gosh well i feel like we must simply wrap up the game of thrones discussion (laughs) ever so shortly (laughs) so let's talk about this we wanted to do a segment like a reoccurring one i guess would be us talking about game of thrones your first time watching it my my rewatch it was a big watch it was a big old watch instead of being a a long experience we got covid and we're stuck (laughs) inside for 10 days doing nothing but watching game of thrones did it make the covid better or worse we're not sure it cured my covid it cured your covid it was so bad my covid (laughs) i'm getting the fuck out of here (laughs) actually i can't fucking stand this i have to dip yeah no, it definitely helped um, Helped in the process. It was a welcome distraction, but we finished the damn thing. We finished it, all of we it. We finished all the episodes. Oh my God, what a slog it was at the end. <laughs> what did you think? What did you think overall? Um, as a first time consumer of Game of Thrones in its entirety, because I did avoid it like the plague for the past 10 years, I was very, I don't know, I was more impressed and less impressed than I thought I would be at the same time, you know? What do you mean? Um, like I, I have only been surrounded, the only Game of Thrones I was aware of was what people were talking about, like back when it was a big deal. And the final season happened when we were in like college, right? I think it would have been our last year of college. Yeah. And I remember everybody being up in arms about that. And thankfully I was very, very removed from the culture. So I, I recognize that people were upset, but I, uh, I simply didn't care and it didn't affect me. So, now that it has affected me, I would like to say I understand completely and fully why everybody was in their feelings about the end of Game of Thrones. But also, I'm so far removed from it. It's been, what, 10 years since that show started and I'm finally, I finally watched it. Over 10 years. Over 10 years. Yeah. And... <laughs> I have a small PSA for anybody out there. I hope it doesn't ruffle any feathers too much. But if you are in our year of our Lord, 2022, actively getting upset about the ending of Game of Thrones and letting it ruin your day, you need to calm down. Yeah, so I want to talk about that. Yeah. As as someone who was very, very hurt by uh, Mm -hmm. my first time watching the show. Mm Because I was a big fan. I had read the books. I watched the show and... You know, I was really into it. It was, it was an event every Sunday to sit yeah. down and watch the show. And you were kind of like the reason I watched it in the first place because like you just you, you cared so much when you spoke about yeah, it. Yeah, because what well, I would speak really highly of yeah. for a few seasons and mm-hmm. rightfully so. I hope you see why. Like they were they really were really unique for television at the time. And somehow it just got dull. <laughs> The production went through the roof and everything got better but the writing. Yeah. And it's not that the writing stayed the same, you know, quality. It got worse. Mm-hmm. And it just became more reflective and juxtaposed to this big budget show that, you know, writing really does hold it all together in the end. No, I. it was definitely incredibly distracting having, like, these characters with such, like, rigid values and, like, 
really fleshed out behavior and character traits and they interact with the world and we know how they interact with the world and then getting to like the last two seasons and suddenly <laughs> shit is flipping bro like Daenerys we don't know her she's an evil rampaging bitch now I mean that's not fair she had her reasons I didn't understand her reasons but she had her reasons um <laughs> she had reasons and I just wish they either let it boil a little longer yeah or you know showed more hints earlier on that mm-hmm. she could flip it was not planted yeah. at all so when that happened i was like okay let's get into it yeah. excuse me bless you <laughs> i'm drinking bubbly water during a <laughs> podcast taping it's a terrible idea oh my god um but yeah a lot of characters that i i was very very fond of um had complete 180s in terms of what i would expect from them and that's like cool that's interesting what was the most heartbreaking for you oh god i'd say for me it was probably jamie no remind me what happened with jamie so jamie's whole (gasps) arc was (laughs) (laughs) i just remember what happened with jamie yeah so jamie's whole arc was he was this misunderstood person everyone called him the kingslayer but no one really knows he saved the whole fucking realm Mm -hmm. and you get this arc that in this world where everyone's shitty he might be one of the less shitty ones, even yeah. though he's still a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. And he kind of learns over time. He gets put in his place. He's no longer, you know, highborn. He's treated like shit. His right hand, which was the thing that made him who he was, was mm-hmm. removed from him. And that was so interesting. And seeing him just run away from his family and be happier and mm-hmm. realize, oh, shit, they're the ones who are holding me back or putting me in situations that made me almost die. I, I was rooting for him, even though he was kind of like an enemy in the end. Mm-hmm. But for him to all of a sudden just do a 180 and go, you know what, actually, Brianne, I don't care about you. My sister that I hate, I do love her. I actually never cared about anybody anyway. That sister pussy be having a grip on his life. Oh, my God. Yeah, it, it was just. And from my understanding, it, it was the writers purposefully trying to divert expectations or subvert expectations and And i think they definitely shot themselves trying to do that they lost you know a star wars trilogy deal Mm. game of thrones is no longer looked at as this you know messiah of television you know it's it's just fascinating to me Mm -hmm. and as you put it yeah it sucks what fucking happened to a (laughs) beloved show but But truly if you're still getting really up in arms about it like, I get it. Post your memes. The free folk subreddit is the funniest fucking shit. Oh, yeah. You showed me stuff from that all the time. It's hilarious. Yeah. And it's just funny seeing these people that, like, joke about it. But mm-hmm. some people actively get angry about it and still send yeah. death threats. That is worrying to me. Like, because I simply was so late to this, I think I got, like, a good cold read on the ending of the show. And whilst in comparison, to the first three quarters of the show, it is terrible. But if you're not comparing it to how good it was in the beginning, it's just kind of okay. It's just blockbuster television at that point. Yeah. Like, the effects are bonkers. Mm-hmm. The the hair, the makeup, the dragons, the, the, what, the fight scenes. Oh, my goodness. It gets so crazy. But, yeah, <laughs> when you have the backdrop of, like, the first four seasons of game of thrones it's like damn dude yeah there's really no way to go Mm -hmm. 
but down yeah. after a certain point. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. Some people say it's the red wedding. I would say it's maybe a little bit afterwards. Because mm-hmm. you do have, during the weaker seasons, there is great spectacle. There are a lot of great battle sequences. And there is a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, fan rewards for sticking it out that long. Mm-hmm. But the the end just doesn't <laughs> justify it for me. <laughs> and rewatching it with you, like... Yeah, what was the moment that stuck out to you? That you were like, oh, this is I feel way differently about this watching it the second time than I do the first time. Hmm. That's actually a great question. Oh, yeah? Percolate on that. You take this thinking time, and I will shout out one of my personal favorite characters, Brianna fucking Tarth. Brianna fucking Tarth. Brianna motherfucking Tarth. The big woman. Ugh, I want to climb her like a tree. Oh, my God. And she's so cool, and she's so nice to everybody, and she kicks butt. And she's a knight, so suck on that. We love you, Brienne. You would hate the books and what they do to her. Oh, God. Oh, oh no. Boy. Oh, God. Oh, no. The books are so different. Don't do this to me. She she has a very different arc. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. She doesn't get as like much reward for reuniting the Starks as we see in the show. Damn, It's quite dude. interesting. But um, going back to your question. Yes. He's percolated. I've percolated. I'll be honest. I kind of forgot what the question was. <laughs> I shouldn't have smoked before I did this. <laughs> I can feed it to you again, but also I want to hear wherever you've landed. I think I know what the question was based on what I remember my okay. answer being. Okay. Um, when the show ended and I started to see it getting worse and worse with quality, especially the last two seasons, I really started to like, I kind of hated what they had done to John. Mm-hmm. And now I look at it and it almost makes me sad. How so? Because you can tell Kit Harrington really, really wanted to be this big hero character. I mean, they set him up like they that. They set him up for it, and it, it would have been rewarding for everybody to be right. Mm-hmm. It would have been satisfying for everyone to be like, yeah, we know he's the hero. Give us that big moment. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of just, <laughs> just feel bad. <laughs> I just feel bad for Kit Harrington, and I can see why he was so depressed after the show came out, because... Mm-hmm. This is what his career was really riding on. His whole future and, you know, as an actor was based around Jon Snow. Mm-hmm. And they just butchered him to a couple lines, you know, she's McQueen. And, and I, then he walks off into the and sunset. And then he walks off. And it's just so depressing because, I don't know, his whole thing of like being punished to go to the wall. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> What's his name? Why? Grey Worm and all the other Unsullied. They they fucked off. Oh, they did. They did. Why did they have? Why did John have to be punished if they're the only ones who were like punish him? They couldn't have just said, "Oh yeah, no, we'll punish him. Don't worry," and then just be like, "Hey, John, you're free." Just like don't. Or even make him any saying, messes. "Yeah, even if he was a free man who chose to go to the wall," and he mm-hmm. said, "This is where I felt comfortable with my people." That would be fulfilling. That'd be fulfilling. Instead, it just feels like, oh, he's stuck here. Mm-hmm. Whip diddly do, we did it, guys. Game of <laughs> Walks away. And Arya saying, I want to explore. Where did this come from? This I whole Arya's an explorer. Arya the explorer. Arya the explorer. Where did this come from? Like, I get it. She's been around and that's cool. But now mm-hmm. she has this this dying need to explore. She had a list of people no. she wanted to kill. She's a psychopath. Yeah, she fully just got back and like just reunited with her sister that she has not seen. Now she wants to know what's west of Westeros. Girl. It's it's Essos. <laughs> Weasteros. We know what's there. <laughs> they live on the flat earth. They don't live on a circular globe. 
She wants to go to the ice wall. Don't get started on that. I think I've told you in the past, there are people that do think they're, the world of Game of Thrones is not a round planet. Oh, God. Yeah, people I are mean, crazy. Hey, has anybody ever explicitly confirmed or denied? I can't say so. That's up for interpretation, I though. don't know that. It's a triangle, Earth. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pyramid. Whoa, it's the Illuminati. It's all a donut. <laughs> well, we did get shafted with Jon Snow and... Honestly, most other beloved characters. Fucking shout out Varys. Oh, Varys. R.I.P. R.I.P. Ugh. That's just sad. You need to watch the clip of him during the script read, the table read. His first time reading that script, he like turns through the pages like, oh, uh, is, is this happening? No, that would make me it's so bad. sad. It's really bad. <laughs> we lost a lot of good folks along the way, but you know what we did get? Clegane Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> Game bowl and fucking creepy ass brand with his little bowl haircut uh. at the end saying hey you know what it seems like a good idea i guess i'll run this bitch from my uh prophetic wheelchair and i'll fuck off and be a bird occasionally but sometimes i'll come manage this shit yeah whatever the worst part to me though like i want to see him what is it when he wargs into creatures oh is that the, is that that's, the term that's what it's called warging I wanted to see Bran warg into something more than birds and Hodor. I was hoping he'd warg into a dragon or do something Yeah. other than just sit there. You have this prophetic person who can... We've seen him alter time. Yeah. They do nothing with it. He ha- He's an encyclopedia for all knowledge from all perspectives. <laughs> but he's got a really small comfort zone. <laughs> and all he did was go, guys, I should be king. Why do you think I came here? Well, I remember it being even more convoluted than that because he didn't even suggest that himself be king it was someone else who was like let's make wheelchair kid be the king and he was like ah ha 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 just as i foresaw yeah so so Tyrion was taken prisoner as well as john after killing daenerys yeah and for some reason the 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 council of all the the (laughs) leaders of the realm they said, yeah, let's listen to a prisoner. And they let him speak for so long uh-huh. that he influenced all of them mm-hmm. to get a new king. Mm-hmm. And the way he did it, by, it was by saying, guys, isn't it obvious? Who here has the best story? The guy who is so unimportant, we cut him out for an entire season. Literally. It's just dumb. And they he, he insults him by calling him Bran the Broken. Yeah. <laughs> hey, rule number one as king. Don't fucking call me My that. My Twitter handle. Ah. It's just dumb. It's, yeah, I don't know. Why Why was a room full of, quote unquote, incredibly capable, powerful, intelligent people like, yeah, let's, let's get this fucking, let's get this weird nephew character on the throne. Oh, and the dumbest part? I believe Sam or somebody says, Mm -hmm. hey, guys, I have a proposition. Democracy. And they all laugh at him. And then they go to a vote (laughs) on who they think should be king. The ultimate fucking insult. It's like when someone steals your joke and it gets more laughs than you. The ultimate insult to me was Sam going, I'm writing a book about all these events. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it A Song of Ice and Fire. (laughs) Do you get it? Do you get it? Because it's the, it's the title. Do it? you feel the noose around my neck? Understand? <laughs> See, you're a real Game of Thrones fan. But truly, circling back to my original point, lots of choices were made at the end of that show. I'd say it's a good 70 30 bad choices, good choices. But at the end of the day, they did create an ending to a TV show that was kind of all right sure 
Why not? It's never boring. No. I guess I can put it that way. Yeah. It's never boring. Mm -hmm. It sometimes gets comically stupid. Oh, literally. But if you really don't think about it too much, it's kind of a great show. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I really had fun because we kind of started it as like a this is really good tv like pay attention to this tv and we got through all the really good stuff and i was having a great time and i was on this like little foundation of knowledge that i had never had before and you said listen bitch (laughs) (laughs) you literally stopped me two different times you were like okay if you don't want to see it get slightly goofy end here okay if you don't want to see it get really fucking goofy end here and i'm really really happy that I pressed on to the end because it turned into something I was consuming because I was really enjoying it. And then I was getting a new kind of joy out of consuming this like weird creature of a show that I didn't really understand anymore, but it was like camp. It was just hilarious. It went from being shut up, babe, we're watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's to, babe, pack a bowl. We're going to watch Game of Thrones and smoke some weed. And you know what? There is a very big place in my heart and in my mind for TV shows like that. I love having a good low giggle at something that's silly. And you know what? There were really good action sequences. The fight scenes were very incredibly entertaining. To an extent. Some mm-hmm. some choreography gets a little, little wonky in the end. Wacky. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, I, for all the shitting on it we're doing, it's just, yeah. what good can we say that hasn't been said already? Like, Literally. It, it is a great show, but it's also really easy to dig at it because it's so great. Mm-hmm. We can, we're, we're, we're hitting up, and we're, we're still hitting it, but we're, <laughs> we're barely clipping its chin. It's still a great show, you know? It will, it will live on. It will be discovered for generations to come. And Yeah, uh, not the greatest decision making in terms of the story team towards the end, but it's, you made choices. It's the, the lead writer's. God bless you. They they didn't want to pass it on to another crew to carry it on. So <laughs> We're they killing to wrap this it with up. us. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it. You know, there's a lot of money involved. It's different than writing a book. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you had the opportunity to extend it and mm-hmm. give it a proper send off. And they just wanted to make sure only their name was attached to it. Yeah. And then part of me wonders how much that is the studio's influence. HBO wanted more. Yeah. HBO wanted, I believe, 14 seasons. Holy fuck. And they were ready to renew a lot of contracts. Some actors were going to be like, hey, can we get off at a certain point? But yeah. others who were like really into it were still down for it. Mm-hmm. And I get it. You know, every couple of years, like Maisie Williams is the big star. You have to pay her a lot more. Same oh. with, you know, Kit Harrington, all the other actors. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact, HBO was down for a lot more seasons. That's bonkers. And wow. at the very least, they wanted, you know, longer seasons. They did the last two. I think it was eight episodes and seven episodes i believe hmm? and i think they wanted a full 10 seasons for all of them and they were like no we we don't want that oh interesting everybody yeah. was just kind of because i imagine like that entire creative team has been working on this for over a decade at yeah. that point point. Yeah. after a while no matter how much i love something and how beautiful it is if it's taking up most of my mental capacity for years and years and years i'm gonna want off the fucking train at some point understandable mm-hmm. which is why you know i i can't hate them for what they did but mm-hmm. it just comes across a little selfish like no no game of thrones is ours mm-hmm. it's like no it, it could just be hbo's and you guys were a big part of it yeah but you know kill your baby say la vie kill that baby pull a george lucas and kill that baby for money kill that baby drag it straight down to hell Slaughter with you. your legacy for money sacrificial child Rah! satan wills it 
Satan will rise. <laughs> so, on top of Game of Thrones, we saw a couple of movies this year. We saw a lot of movies. and Some good, some bad. <laughs> definitely good and bad films. Yeah. We enjoyed them. <laughs> uh, what was one of your favorites that you saw this year? That I saw this year? Oh, That came out this year, not that you oh, saw. God, that came out this year that I saw. We saw I, French Dispatch, which I really enjoyed. That was incredibly charming. I don't think I would say that was one of my absolute faves, though. You know what? <laughs> oh boy! It's time to uh, it's time to shout out. I don't know if this is like my firm favorite, but one that definitely brightened my week was uh, The Wash, starring Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Eminem and Eminem, lest we forget. But no, just like swirling across Amazon and being like, "Oh fuck it, what's this movie? Let's turn it on." I had a great time. Yeah. They give you everything you want in that movie. You get fighting. You get car washing. You get girls in bikinis. You get boobies. You get violence. A, a lot of violence. You get Eminem going on rampages. Eminem. Prank calling. <laughs> Eminem is giving peak white little school shooter energy. It is fan-fucking-tastic. They, they like put him in a room and told him, like, yo, we're going to record you like 10 minutes. Just go crazy on the phone. And they he did it. And it's amazing. He showed them his manifesto. <laughs> sick sick throwback thank you thank you that was well crafted um (laughs) but yeah i that made me giggle endlessly i've recommended it to anybody who's willing to hear me out about it well it was great because we saw it like earlier in the year and then Mm -hmm. it was was over the holidays yeah we were at your parents place and your dad's like scrolling through tv and the wash is on yeah and the wash was on i'm like you guys want to watch The Wash? And we watched The Wash. We saw it twice this year. I loved that movie. I You must you must partake in some herb before you watch that movie. Oh, but yeah. it is so fucking fun. I've, I've <laughs> seen some very, like, people call them, like, high art kind of films. Yeah. Typically known for, like, great non-endings, you know? Mm-hmm. I've seen, like, like Blow Up, uh, Monty Python, and The Holy Grail. Fantastic. But this movie probably has the best non-ending. <laughs> It kind of just stops. <laughs> it kind of just like nothing's resolved. It's fantastic. It kind of just ends. Fantastic. And I think in kind of that same vein of just like movies that were ridiculous that I just absolutely will eat up and continue to eat up forever. Shout out Rock and Roll High School. Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> that's a great one. That that's, that's a fantastic. great one. That, I mean, I had seen it before. But not for a very, very long time. And watching that with you for your, your first time was just a joy. I was grinning ear to ear the entire time. It's so fun. There's a layer of goofiness to it, mm-hmm. as well as just like almost irony. Yeah. Because it just, it, I guess the Ramones were just like taken very seriously back in the day. Which. And they look so goofy to me. Yeah. <laughs> if for anybody who is unaware of this, please, please, please check it out. As far as I'm aware, there is the full movie on YouTube.com. It is a movie from, I think, either like the late 60s or the early, like the mid 70s. I'd say early, early to mid 70s for sure. Yeah, um, it is. It is quite an old one, um, but it is essentially a high school movie, a typical high school movie, L.A. area high school movie. And suddenly the Ramones are just shoehorned in. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's really great, actually. And it was so interesting because, like, the movie itself is, like you said... It's really good. It takes the Ramones so seriously, and they're portrayed as, like, so, like, 
hard and like dangerous yeah. and like oh kids who listen to the ramones they're bad kids they get in trouble and it's like these dudes in leather little skinny pants gabba gabba hey gabba gabba hey bro <laughs> it was, they're goofy as fuck and like i mean i respect the music we love the music i have a blast but like it's <laughs> we've i think we've come so far that that was considered like hard hard scary music it's cool though it's cool to see a little time capsule of like you know wow really was like this so fun it's also not the most accurate no it does play them up to be cooler than (laughs) they are but they were huge at the time i'm not gonna downplay how cool they were yeah i don't know there's a goofiness to the movie itself it's just delightful yeah loved it yeah come on andy what were some of your favorites this year um I mean, I watched a lot of movies this year. You watched... I'm actually so proud of of ourselves and myself. I usually don't consume movies in my free time. And we watched a lot of movies this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You hang out with TV and film majors. It's kind of what happens. You yeah. lock together in a house. <laughs> I guess I'm just used to it happening with only TV. Yeah. But um, I would say, going back to The French Dispatch, that might have been my favorite of the year. Yeah. I haven't seen too many that came out this year, unfortunately, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more of a I want to see it in theaters kind of guy, mm-hmm. and I kind of just held off on seeing a whole bunch until recently. And um, the French Dispatch ended up being like probably my favorite that I saw. Utterly charmed. It's I can't say anything other than it's Wes Anderson doing mm-hmm. what he does. He's he does a good job of it. it. Yeah, but he's just doing it. Mm-hmm. Story was cute. Acting was great. Everyone was very Wes Andersony. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. I'd like to see him tone it down a little bit. <laughs> not not like creatively, but like yeah. a different kind of storytelling. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him do a horror. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing him do like a detective film or something. Yeah, he definitely has um, his own little bubble that he very much enjoys staying in. He's he's found his, his technique and his style. Mm-hmm. And he's just proving over and over again. He's really good at what he does. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I it still was, enjoyed it. Uh, 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 <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, I was I. <laughs> it was I. It was sick. Yeah. Timmy Shally, he was good. Yeah. Fucking kid with the cheekbones was sexy. Um, Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh, God. He is going to be, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Fuck. Sexy Willy Wonka. No, that's kind of a lot. You Johnny Depp is it. Willy. It was traumatizing. That was something else. That that I I forget that movie even happened. <laughs> I don't know what Tim dream. Burton was smoking, but that that was just a good movie. Girl. Um, but we also saw some really bad movies this oh, year. We... Oh, what was <laughs> just okay. remembering fucking malignant. Maligma. <laughs> Maligma. Um A movie that I attempted to watch with Andy but fell asleep around fifteen minutes in or just simply got up and left no, and did something else. You saw, I think 45 minutes of it you saw yeah. a generous amount before you had to like go and do your makeup or something something but you, you stepped out for a bit then you're like you're too far into for, like you're too far into it for me to yeah. catch up so you kind of just zoned out mm-hmm. but i was i was in it i was strapped oh, yeah. in. this this one's all yours baby God. i remember it being um kind of slow and then i left well the opening was dramatic and then it turns into like a really just kind of like slow meticulously paced like violent movie about a woman who shows up to her her home i assume her home with her boyfriend who gets angry that she's home early they get into a domestic dispute and 
she cracks the back of her head open. On, <laughs> no, he fucking... He, he throws her into a wall. Abuser, abuser. Yeah. Um, he throws her into a wall and she cracks the back of her head open on the corner of a but wall. Little does she know. Little does she know <laughs> that coming out of her head is a malignant demon. No, it was like... It was an attached twin or something. Yeah, she, yeah. Had, a, she had a conjoined twin. And she like ate it in the womb or something. No, these scientists did experiments to remove it. Oh, God. But they were conjoined at the brain, so they couldn't remove everything. Oh, God. So now that the the twin, the, the twin creature... has been awakened. She's able to take over the girl's body and is <laughs> killing these scientists one by one. But here's the thing. It's played out very seriously. Yeah. It's really gorgeously shot at times. Other times, really questionable if the director was even there that day. Oh, shit. Um, it just, it gets weirder and weirder, but it's really slow. So I can see why people teeter off and go, I'm not going to finish it. Mm-hmm. But if you stick around, it's literally <laughs> more satisfying the longer you stick around for because the ending is so wacky and so batshit insane. Yeah, no, you, it's, you it's showed amazing. me a scene from like, the climax near the end and you're like look at this fucking shit this chick is walking backwards and doing like matrix shit and it's it, it, you can't just jump to the ending and watch it i really think if you stick through the weirdness and the stupidity of the first 70 percent mm-hmm. it makes the ending more satisfying just it's just it bonkers it's so stupid oh my god <laughs> but like there's something to be said for those horror movies like i love a little ridiculous moment well i don't mind camp I really don't mind a movie that's campy and knows what it is. The theme of this episode is camp, bitch. Camp and writing. Camp and writing. Camp and writing. Let's get it. But I don't know. For me, it's just like, I don't mind camp. I don't mind drama, stupidity, and low production. Mm-hmm. This had a crazy budget, seems like. A little more than I expected. It was like a big studio behind it? or I think it was Warner Bros. or HBO or something. Oh, um, it kind of gave me like B-movie energy. But... It, was, it probably wasn't a lot of money. But they probably told him, hey, I think it's the guy who directed Saw and Insidious or something. Oh, wow. I should know this. John Woo. I'm not sure. And we'll have a researcher on standby later. Yeah. But they probably said, hey, you do a lot for us. You give us a lot of money. This one's for you. Write whatever you want. Direct whatever you want. And Uh this is what he came up with. Because there's some shots that are really stylish. (laughs) Some parts that... Some parts that are just really like... You can tell he framed the movie around this sequence or something. Mm Mm-hmm. But it just comes across so disjointed. He couldn't choose. Do I want the whole thing to be campy? Do I want the whole thing to be violent? Mm. I don't know what he was going for. And it ends up being a mess. And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Also, it sucked. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. Also, another movie that fucking ruined my year. Well, not ruined. That's far too dramatic. Um, did not come out that year. But let me uh, let me put y'all on another one. That Joaquin Phoenix movie that we watched. <laughs> That shit Which is one, terrible. Joker? <laughs> I guess this goes for both of them, but one was exceptionally terrible. Well, honestly, we watched a lot of Joaquin Phoenix movies this year. Yeah, what happened? I, he's in a lot of movies. <laughs> he's paying his bills. Oh, yeah. But we saw some pretty awful ones. What was... The, it's called I'm Still Here. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one. His, uh, well... Faux mockumentary? I don't know what it is. It's... From what I remember, it is a mockumentary... And also like a weird little social experiment movie because he's kind of doing like in very, very bare bones terms because these movies are not at all the same. He's doing like a Borat thing where he's playing a character, but he's playing himself, you know, 
he's playing this ridiculous version of himself that he's passing off to the public as like this is who I really am. So it's it's a little bit of a an interesting one. Um, <laughs> but, but the issue is the way he's portraying himself. Yeah, it doesn't work because not only does it get caught halfway through, he does, and, and it like totally derails everything. Yeah, the second half movie is him being like, "No, I really am like this." They but, figured it out, so it I'm just, doubling down. And then he just looks terrible. Yeah, he's an awful person in this movie. So he's trying to be like this. Um, he's trying to be this hip hop artist in this mockumentary, <laughs> I right? Forgot there's a he's rapper. trying to be like a rapper, <laughs> and my man, my man has given this character of his the most awful evil disgusting personality in the entire world and i like get doing that for like oh my god look at how ridiculous is i can't believe he i pulled this off and i fooled all of you i would never act like this i'm joaquin phoenix but he didn't fucking pull it off he got caught halfway through and it just boggles my fucking mind that his character that he created that he was like i'm gonna get all these people and it's gonna be so funny it's gonna be hilarious is this like strung out fucking homophobic racist violent drunk addict piece of shit human being yeah and it's and it's weird that he again he chose to portray this one mm-hmm. we know he's been through a lot of shit oh absolutely and it's just i don't know what what made him think i want people to see me this way mm-hmm. when we know he's actually a pretty quiet humble guy who mm-hmm. cares about the environment cares about animals mm-hmm but I this just, is what he chose to to show us, and yeah. But the best part, we can't forget because I was grinning ear to ear when you were mentioning this part. Oh, really? When you mentioned the rap career, and I totally forgot about it. <laughs> him, How dare you forget? Him showing his music to P Diddy. Oh my god! And P Diddy just being like, "Next song, yeah, next song," and stopping and being like, no, "I can't do this, bro. <laughs> you're wasting my time. I can't do this." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna waste yours. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. This sucks. You suck." And I think that's really just what like. I took issue with 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 the movie was um him forcing this character on his loved ones and his employees blackmailing his agent for a for a bit for a fucking yeah. bit that you got caught halfway through trying to do yeah and you just doubled down and you were even more miserable to the people who were around you and they weren't fucking in on it so they're just like, well, this is my job now. This is my life now. I'm being terrorized by this crazy man. Yeah. You just, you don't use comedy to hurt people like that. I don't know. But it wasn't even funny. It wasn't even funny. It wasn't even a joke. <laughs> it it's, wasn't even funny. It's me walking up to strangers, speaking gibberish, and they go, oh, he, he's probably, you know, an idiot. Yeah. And I go, no, I'm just pretending. I'm Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> I'm Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know. Thank you for showing me that one. I'm sorry I showed you that one. I mean, no, I'm happy that like I'm aware of it <laughs> because I feel like it's an important footnote in Joaquin Phoenix's uh, cinematic resume. Right. And not many people know about it from what I have gathered in interacting with other folks <laughs> and telling them about this movie. I think at the time it was probably big because it's a pretty old movie. But like, okay, I was just curious. I did a small amount of googling because in the movie mr man like just drops the end like a couple times oh yeah he fully does that yeah (laughs) and i was like there's got to be something online about this like at least addressing this at least like a spokesperson he was acting sean and that's what i was like holy fuck he's acting 
nothing that I could find of him even remotely addressing it. And like people online would like speculate in these like old asshole chat rooms that I would find and be like, uh, so what the fuck was that? People were obviously curious about it. Not addressed. Has been buried (laughs) as much as possible as I can gather. It was fascinating. Yeah, I think to me, to wrap it up, Mm -hmm. it just seems like a forgotten like time where Joaquin Phoenix kind of tried to be like the antithesis Mm -hmm. of what people assumed he was. Maybe for a reason. Maybe so people would be like, whoa, this is great acting because we know you're not like this. But he got caught halfway through and just doubled down, like you said. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just not Joker brained enough to get it. Speaking of, Uh, great segue. We also saw Joker. We did. That was stupid. (laughs) I have nothing to say other than it's stupid. We live in a society. (laughs) We need to talk about Joker when we watch King of Comedy and Taxi Driver. It's shocking how similar they are. Have I seen Taxi Driver? No, it was Repo Man. Never mind. Um, I do need to see Taxi Driver. Repo Man was so good. Repo Man. We watched that during a blackout. It was a really happy memory. Thank God I... (laughs) Please do not put that on the internet. (laughs) We got enough fucking heat from Spectrum. Undeservedly so. Undeservedly. Undeservedly. I I will admit when I do it. Oh, yeah. These times I did 4 a.m. Come on. Yeah. They're blowing your ass up saying like there's pirated. You're pirating something right now. I'm going to show up at your house with a shotgun and kill you. Stupid. No. It's four o'clock in the morning. I'm asleep. There's no possible way. Get off my dick. Get off my dick. Get off my dick. Um, We saw some other pretty terrible movies um i want to preface this discussion by saying Uh uh-oh i love paul thomas anderson movies Uh. i think i think think he's a great director (laughs) and 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 i respect him but we saw licorice pizza we did in fact see licorice pizza and you know what we paid money to see licorice pizza i will gladly give him money yeah to see a movie on the big screen mm-hmm. if it's not licorice pizza again. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I was just, I don't know what to take after this film. And it just, it, it frustrates me because I want to enjoy it. I want to enjoy every fucking movie I watch. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything from this movie that kept it together mm-hmm. because it seemed like the story was just so bad. No matter how good the acting was, the cinematography, mm-hmm. everything was great. But the writing and the stories, were just, and the story being told, was just so weird to me. Odd. I couldn't. I couldn't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, credit where credit is due. It is beautifully shot. Um, the acting is very, very, very good. Um, it's definitely a portrayal of a period of time that is aesthetically pleasing and and questionable incredibly questionable incredibly questionable (laughs) that was my next fucking (laughs) my next thought um yeah that that's probably the thing that um was the turd in the in the punch bowl for me was (laughs) have you never heard that expression before never creates quite the visual it certainly does and that's how i was feeling like the fucking turd in the punch bowl um watching this movie and just every couple minutes or so having that thought to myself like damn why is this the part of the 70s that we're remembering yeah it never tries to you know make a comment 
about these mm-hmm. times. We see men being racist and being sexist. And it's not trying to say, boy, things have changed, aren't they? It's kind of romanticizing it and celebrating yeah. it. And it's just like, it's weird because they address from the very beginning, this movie is about a 15-year-old boy who's interested in a 25-year-old girl. Yes. And they say, we can't, that's illegal. Multiple and times. the whole movie is her being bullied by him. Mm-hmm. And being lied to by him and her dating other men and realizing other men are just as shitty. If not worse. And I thought, you know, halfway through it when I figured out, oh, she's, you know, experiencing these shitty men in her life as she's getting older. And I thought maybe she'd go, men ain't shit. Mm -hmm. Men ain't worth it. I can be myself. I was thinking exactly the same thing, like halfway through the movie. I was like, okay, it's going to go one of two ways. If it ends up where she separates herself from all of these men in her life and she says you know what i gotta just rely on myself and learn to love myself i was like okay pta this is your big feminist comment and woman in the 70s she's liberating herself fuck man okay that's cool i got it but then it went the other way (laughs) yeah she kind of i don't know she just decided out of all these men she's been with she'll go with the 15 year old yeah the the crime <laughs> you know crime of the century she says ah fuck it you know what maybe i will just engage in sexual encounters with this minor fuck it and i've seen arguments online of people saying no it's about the 70s it's about this era but i feel like when you're not making a comment about it when you're not criticizing mm-hmm. it and it's just showing how lovely it all is back in the day like you know mm-hmm those rose tinted glasses don't work on me when I was never there. And kind of in that like same arena, I definitely appreciated the like historical elements that were weaved into the movie, like the gas crisis and uh yeah, that was a fun element. Yeah, and the like the the neighborhood there were like celebrity, oh, do you know who my girlfriend is? Barbara Streisand. That scene went on far too long to be funny by the way. Too, too many times saying the same joke, but that's besides the point. There were just as many, if not more, moments in the movie that were just kind of random little blips that had no specific ties to a certain place or a certain time. Yeah, and I feel like time was a big issue with this movie. Yeah. At the end, we saw with a friend of ours, Sid. Yeah. Shout out, Sydney. Shout out, Sydney. Um, What's up, girl? And we, we couldn't quite tell how much time had passed because in the course of this movie, the boy has an acting career mm-hmm. and he has multiple businesses that thrive and die out in the span of, you know, who knows how long. Yeah, we were questioning at the end of the movie, like, have years passed? Yeah, is she have... now committing because he's 18? Is he a little bit older? <laughs> we What's got no going answers. On? Yeah. And, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson, a lot of his movies are kind of just scenes or sequences or moments of yeah. people's lives you know just one of those kind of movies um but this one just didn't work for me no i wasn't and i enjoyed inherent vice i haven't seen that one it's okay it's okay it's all right i watched you showed me um there will be blood and punch drunk love oh i like there will be blood mm-hmm. i know it's disappointing for me because i was always trying to hype uh, paul thomas anderson for you I was like, oh, you've seen Boogie Nights and, you know. I loved Boogie Nights. Yeah, and there will be blood. Like, you know, you're in it. And then this came out. Stinker. (laughs) And I don't know. It's just weird considering the movie had really questionable kind of creative foundations. 
Yeah. It's it, it sprung from various sources from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Some of them being Paul Thomas Anderson's own experiences and crushes. And like being, his friends' experiences. Yeah, stories he was told and yeah. exaggerations of thoughts that he had had. Mm-hmm. So regardless of that, it, it still is just a weird movie. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some weird movies. I've seen some movies that are that don't align with me, mm-hmm. you know, opinion-wise. But for some reason, this movie, I didn't take anything out of it. Mm-hmm. There was no message to me. Yeah. And that's what made it feel really hollow. You just kind of watched these two people exist stagnantly. No major, like, realizations or personality changes or, like, big growing moments. If there was one scene... Mm-hmm. Where, you know, she breaks down or she's talking to other women and she mm-hmm. says, how do you do it? I can't all these men keep suck. doing this. And, and then they just tell her, all men fucking suck. <laughs> Find one that's not that's as bad as all of them. And she yeah. goes, you know what? He wasn't too bad. Which mm-hmm. I guess you, maybe that is implied. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is the point of the movie. But that's not good enough to be like, that's the story. You know what? She says, it's worth it. I might go to jail. It's worth it. I don't know. But it made, you know, standard dudes like me look good. So I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the men in this movie were intentionally shitty, which I have no beef with that. They were shitty for what seemed like a purpose at some point, but yeah. kind of just got lost <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. And I don't know. It It was not my favorite. That's okay. Me, me and Paul Thomas Anderson, either either it's good or it's, I don't, I don't fucking like this movie. <laughs> we should watch more of them. I'd love to see, yeah. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, I don't know, Magnolia or something. Yeah, okay, I'm down. So far it's like been like 50-50. But like my thing is like when they're bad, they're bad. But when they're great, they're excellent movies. Yeah. Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood were like so fantastic. Oh yeah. Loved them. But yeah, it's his movies. <laughs> it's his movies with women. <laughs> that i kind of necessarily don't fucking like yeah. it's okay though it's just not for me so in terms of other content that we uh we got into in this past fun and fresh year um so much tv we watched uh, a lot of tv which i usually do anyways but i was very very happy um with some of the shows we watched this year um um um, what were some of the big ones that stood out to you? For me, definitely the what I figured out way after the fact was the final season of Pen Fifteen. Right, incredible, incredible, incredible. Part two, season two was <sighs> everything I wanted and more. My heart, I, I didn't even know I wanted that, and it was so perfect. My heart broke. My heart got taped back up together again. I um, am so sad. I'm not going to be seeing these characters for any more adventures. But you know what? The creators are probably on to bigger and better things already. So I'm just super stoked for whatever comes next for them. Oh, yeah. I just think, you know, with a show like that, I th- I thought at first it was like a very safe ending in case it was going to end. But it seems like they, they kind of knew probably yeah. ahead of time this is going to be the last run. Yeah, because um, spoilers, if you haven't seen it, please go see it. The last scene from what I remember is them like reminiscing of like when they first met. And that just, oh, what a warm hug of an ending. And it was so beautiful. And I think I definitely need to do more um, research about the relationship between Anna and Maya. But 
it seems like they've been actual lifelong friends, which just makes the whole series so much more impactful. And I cry and I cry and I cry. Yeah, the, the characters seem too real to be purely for the screen. Oh, and they're so fucking funny. That's the funniest fucking show. You have to check it out. R.I.P. Pen 15. R.I.P. Pen 15. Um, thank you for the years that you have given us. Very grateful. But that was definitely one of my top TV moments of the year. How about you, my man? Um, there were a couple of great shows, a couple of bad ones. Yeah. Um, as with anything. <laughs> I want to talk about um, a pretty controversial one, actually. Oh, go off. I can't believe it happened this year, actually. It feels like it was so long ago. Squid Game. Squid Game. Holy shit. Yeah, that feels like 2020. I can't even conceptualize the amount of time that's passed what can be said about squid game that hasn't been said already um there was no squid in it zero squid <laughs> there was no squid in it yeah zero out of ten for me i mean they mentioned the game the game is called the squid game but i did not True. see a single crustacean in that entire show and that really um was a personal disappointment but i i understand everything that everybody's saying about squid game what I what I took away from the show as soon as we were done watching it was, yeah, the ending got a little weird, and um, I was really, I was really enjoying the game mechanics, but so much else was happening outside of the game. But overall, I I have to give it pretty high marks. It was super stylized, something I hadn't really seen before, and I was thoroughly entertained through like ninety percent of the show. So oh yeah, it's, credit. Very, it's a very gripping kind of show. Mm-hmm. And it seems like there's going to be a lot more really interesting stuff coming out of Korea. And I'm very fucking stoked. Well, I feel like South Korean television film has been on the steady incline for quite a while. We have a lot of great directors and filmmakers and just even just shows coming out of there. But I'm going to say Squid Game was not one of them for me. Oh, work. Like Go you off, said, girl. production's great. Everything was great. But the ending really just soured the whole thing for me. Yeah. It wasn't a show I felt I was going to rewatch because I would know the outcome. I would know the winner of this competition. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't rewatch a sports game. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know I was gonna walk away feeling really disappointed. Actually, okay, I was really enjoying the ending until I guess the morals were kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Was the show about greed? Is it about consumption? Is it about you know addiction? No, it's about all those things and a lot more. And it doesn't really feel contained. You have the old man at the very end who talks about. I was born into money and I had so much money and I was so bored and mm-hmm. people aren't worth it while at the same time telling him like, you know, let's put money on this homeless man. He's going to get money. He's going to get a hug. What's going to happen with him out the window? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it. So I'm a little <laughs> fuzzy. But on top of that, I just feel like the ending, the implication of there's more to come mm-hmm. really just kind of soured the whole thing. For you me. hate those cliffhanger endings so much. Well, I don't hate a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. I hate when the story feels really, really wrapped up. And like, what's next? You're going to fight the squid game? Like, I, I don't <laughs> understand. Just might. I don't understand what they're implying. And, and there was, I think a year had passed where he, after he had won the game, he didn't spend any money. Yeah. He didn't go and visit anybody. And he kind of just became bored. And I yeah. thought that would be the point of it. I thought that would be the point of the show. But then they just kept digging in deeper. Like, no, he's going to be good with his money. He wants to live his life. I'm like, oh, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. And then again, he changes <laughs> his mind and goes, actually, it's about getting revenge, which to me, isn't the story they're trying to tell yeah i think the big thing that stuck with me about the ending was like watching him win and whatever and congratulations spoiler if you haven't seen squid game have a guess who wins you'll figure it out pretty early on but when he is done with the squid game what happens to that poor girl's little brother who she 
talked in depth with him about about how much she cares about him and how much she just needs to support him doesn't she go to doesn't the lead go to visit him yeah a year later yeah he's not (laughs) concerned about him immediately after like this child was just broke dead sister no family kicking it and he was like i'll get around to it oh over there i don't know there's something about the show where maybe it might have been trendy Mm because there's a lot of hype behind it and there's a lot of video games right now that have that same formula of like you no know, battle royale there's only one left and i feel mm-hmm. like it really followed that what is it fortnite PUBG, mm-hmm. um kind of style of like there's one left what's that fall guys things yeah. like that no and i i find that format incredibly entertaining yeah, it worked really well for a tv show mm-hmm. but again the <laughs> ending just didn't make it all worth it for me the game was so good the game itself was so good so entertaining so good so fun to watch and then there was a bunch of other stuff going on that was interesting enough but in terms of being as awesome as like the game of the tv show it it was just kind of distracting yeah there are some aspects which i get they had to be there for a reason like the detective Mm -hmm. they wanted to show us the intricacies of Mm -hmm. how this runs and who's witnessing this and the people that work there and i get the point of that but the resolution of it was just yeah. They just dumb. had to get rid of him like quickly. Yeah, and, and it's like he has all this, he has all this information. Mm-hmm. So do you. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to come of it. No, just feels a little bitter. And some people think it was quite literally a cliffhanger ending. Maybe he survived, but no. The implication being either he's dead or alive isn't enough for me. But they are confirmed for season two. Oh boy! Oh boy! Squid Game Two, Octopus Game. More squid, more games. More squid, more money. The stakes are even higher. What do we have to say about capitalism? Fuck it. Fuck it. We saw another show that I really liked. Yeah, which one? We both one? actually really enjoyed it. Which one? HBO's Landscapers. Oh my gosh, yes. I have been preaching the good word of this. Uh, it's not a TV show. It's more of a mini series. It was right. what, four episodes? Four episodes, about an hour long maybe, maybe even shorter. Incredible television. Yeah. I keep saying incredible, but truly, if you have any sort of sense, you will appreciate this show and Olivia Coleman and all of just the creative fucking awesomeness yeah. that went on. It's really well shot. It's well produced. It's the sets are gorgeous. It's the so sets are pretty. very interactive and they change a mm-hmm. lot. And the way they show, I guess we should talk about what the show is. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of paints and presents itself to be this murder mystery mm-hmm. and only a couple episodes long, but you realize it's more than that. Mm-hmm. It kind of is just this, this love story this really contained questionable love story but the end of the day is they do love each other Mm -hmm. these two people would do anything for each other and i thought it was really sweet and thought the presentation of what the quote unquote crime was we see it done multiple times Mm -hmm. but it's always done subjectively it's always done through someone else's perspective so we never quite know what really happened because in real life we don't know what happened i definitely agree with you i thought it was going to be like a murder mystery just based on the advertising and then halfway through the first episode i was like oh no we are that's definitely the backdrop for everything that's happening but the actual incredibly interesting part of the show is between the relationship between these two main characters yeah and you know what was really fucking cool was seeing like you said nothing objectively not a thing in that show was objective you can always tell whose kind of eyes you're looking through and whose brain you're in and you get to bounce around to a lot of different places. Like they have the the police and the detectives involved pretty heavily right. in the show. And they were incredibly interesting just trying to figure out what was going on. And then uh, I forget her 
name in the show, but Olivia Coleman and her relationship with her lawyer and obviously her relationship with her husband, which was like so heartbreaking, but like <laughs> incredibly sweet. It seemed, and I could be wrong. We were not there. We do not know what happened. We definitely are not experts in the incident back in the day, but the way that the show decided to present everything was, it seemed like it was just these two good kind of immature people who loved the fuck out of each other and just wanted to get away from everything and do what was best for each other. And it got fucked up along the way. Yeah. It's, it's just two people who I hate to say the word cause they say it so many times in this show, mm-hmm. but they're very fragile. They kind of just want to be away from it all. And they're very delusional. They think they can just write an email to the police and say, Oh, we'll be at this train station. If you want to pick us up cause we're wanted. Mm-hmm. But the police are used to kind of highlight how absurd these people are mm-hmm. because they'll crack little jokes. They'll make gestures to each other to kind of show like these people are insane. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not the point of the show. It is just about what these two people are willing to go through to stick together. Which is everything. Oh, my God. It's a very sweet show. It's yeah. The power of love is is for real in that show. And you can see how everything just really gets lost in translation and and. One little idea of, oh, we'll make this all go away can really spiral and snowball into now you're in jail for 25 years to life. Oh, yeah. Oops. (laughs) But it was just one of those shows where I hate saying this. I had a really like auteur kind of feeling to it. Yeah. I think it might have been the same director and writer through the whole series been the same team, but it all felt cohesive. It all felt like it was Mm -hmm. one person's vision and one person's idea throughout the whole way. And I think they really nailed that idea of like this is our show Mm. this is our project this is how it's done yeah and the creative license they took in portraying something that could have very easily been straight up true crime to the point they took a lot of effort to really show things in a really interesting and just captivating way and did less telling of what happened and it's just incredibly fucking engaging yeah you it's very easy to you know say a character betrayed another character yeah but when you show elizabeth coleman in her head in her head and everything is a fictionalized western movie because she watches those a whole bunch Mm -hmm. and you see her metaphorically and literally being betrayed by her husband and all the police trying to get her and it really puts you in her head. You feel as alone on the stand as she does. Mm-hmm. They do a great job of doing that. No, like her, I mean, don't listen to this bit if you haven't watched it, but her up on the stand giving her deposition, I think is the word. It was oh, so heartbreaking. And that, as much as it is, like I love the creative minds behind the way the show is shot. The acting is incredible. The, <laughs> the acting, acting carries is it. so good. The acting Holy really fuck. carries it. You, you sympathize with these insane people yeah you really do it's just people who want to be loved and be together and be left alone Mm -hmm. but you know the world has other things going on and they uh they cannot help but get wrapped up in the nonsense but i absolutely loved it fantastic show speaking of a nonsensical world nonsense another show oh segue how to with john wilson oh yes dude that one was so fun if you ever need a laugh and a little slice of quirkiness that entire show is so so sweet and so fun season two came out in 2021 and we caught it in the very beginning of season two so we yeah. went and rewatched all of season one 
fell in love with it mm -hmm. finished season two as it was airing and it was just it's a magical quirky little show yeah it's um it is i believe executive produced by nathan, nathan. Fielder. yeah and yeah. he's you can kind of see where exactly like his fingerprints are on the show but it it seems very um very how do i say this in an intelligent way <laughs> it's very much cooked up all by one person like it's some man it's it's this guy's vision it's this man's i guess point of view mm -hmm. constantly it's, mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know it's a man who i guess films everything he does he's a little bit of a documentarian to the extreme right and he kind of just wanders around new york and highlights people mm -hmm. things he sees and archives the footage until eventually his editors go we have an idea for an episode based on all the footage we have mm -hmm. and the way they kind of just compile all this footage into a cohesive somewhat cohesive uh idea is really really well done and there's bits of charm humor and wit and i don't know there's mm -hmm. nothing like it right now yeah there's really there's truly nothing about this man that is like incredibly exciting or incredibly unique but i just absolutely adore spending 45 minutes in his head and mm. seeing what he is seeing hearing what he is thinking the way he is processing the world around him it is just so funny and genuinely really sweet and uh the found footage that they get of these people in new york and around the world are it's fucking hilarious people are so strange right and i think i think john wilson is one of those people he makes it he kind of carries the show because he connects dots i guess differently than anybody else would yeah and it's really funny seeing how he connects those dots because there's a part of me that can relate to it mm -hmm. and it's really satisfying and humorous when i'm on his level mm -hmm. and it, it, it becomes a funny world to live in it's definitely chaotic but hey, you learn how to do some pretty interesting stuff and you get some really awesome stories from some just really interesting people in the world that I don't know how he finds them, but the interviews he gets are just incredible and hilarious. Takes all sorts to make the world. Takes all sorts. That what my, that's what my mama would say. Any other TV shows we watched? Ooh, um... <laughs> what did we watch? I'm currently watching Euphoria, which I'm loving. <laughs> Because it is ridiculous in camp. I, I think it's purely camp. It's so camp. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and really, really interesting. It's definitely kind of, I don't know, up my alley and was never not going to be up my alley because I was a big old fucking fan of like, skins and like all of those like, oh, look at how fucked up these teens are. Teenage I, angst. I love those shows. So I was never not going to like it, but... You, you've seen an episode with me. I've seen a few episodes. The way it is shot is so glossy and so like high end and it's just delicious to look at. And the stuff that happens on the show is just bonkers. <laughs> That's the thing. I'm not going like, to knock the lighting or the cinematography, mm -hmm. but a lot of it just looks like it's freshman film student with a big budget. Definitely. Everything's neon. Mm -hmm. Everything is low light. Mm -hmm. Everything is, it's well shot cinematography is great but the presentation is just very like ooh, neon colors and style what if everybody was covered in glitter and had yeah. their boobies out and i don't mind that for certain movies certain projects but the, the whole show is presented in that way and i think it just kind of takes away from the seriousness of the the things they're trying to say and portray definitely um i will give credit where credit is due the topics that they at least 
make an attempt to handle are worthy of being talked about and very worthy of being in television. But a lot of the criticism coming up about how they potentially could have handled some things better or could be even more inclusive than they are already is valid. I think some of it. Yeah. 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 Definitely keep calling out the shit that you feel weird about because there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, But overall, I'm just having so much fucking fun watching this stupid show. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How about you? What are you what are you in currently or like what was one of your just best of the years last beautiful TV show that you must recommend to the homies or disrecommend? I'll be honest. I haven't watched nearly as much TV, but I will mention an old throwback. Oh, you're going to hate me for this. Right, bro. There used to be an old Canadian TV show. (laughs) I already know. (laughs) By the name of Kenny versus Benny. (laughs) I don't know how to describe the show other than it's something that couldn't be made nowadays. Absolutely not. And it blows my mind that this this show ever aired. The the jokes, the comments, the things they show and say, it really boggles the mind that like they got away with this. Yeah, this was like when did it first start airing? Back in the twenty tens? Early two thousands, mid two yeah. thousands, yeah. It's pretty yeah, old. no, they they definitely get spicy on the airwaves and the fact that this was broadcasted and the FCC wasn't all over it. That's that's wild. Right. So one of the hosts of the show, Kenny Hotz, um, he has now been re-uploading old episodes in 4K. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been watching every time he uploads. And it's fun to revisit these this vile, disgusting show. But at the same time, it's it's wildly entertaining because it's just fascinating that this show was ever made. That mm-hmm. they got away with the things they did. So shout out, Kenny. <laughs> Fuck you, Spenny. Oh, come on, man. You got to give some love to both of them. No, I don't. It takes two, which is... A fantastic segue into a game we played this year. Holy shit, you just did that. <laughs> I'm a genius, bruh. Brilliant. Come on, come on. Give me some love. So we played a lot of video games this year. So many. I um, am not a quote unquote gamer. I respect the gamers. You can't say that word. <laughs> what can I say you, instead? You said then? gamer with a hard R, dude. Gamer? That's better. Oh, God. We're cutting that. <laughs> I was blessed Shout out Andy with um my very own Xbox controller this year. Oh, how come I can't be player one? What the heck? I guess you can. <laughs> Depends on which controller I'm using. Depends on the game we're playing. It really honest. does. It really does. No, um, so we've been playing a lot of games and I've have I've had a a boatload of fun just being a little a little Xbox user. My gamer tag is everything. What have been some of your favorites? We played this game called It Takes Two, and I hadn't done like a co-op in years. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting it to be like kind of fun, but a little boring and a little bit like, oh, it's so difficult to navigate with this other person on the other side of the screen. It was so fun. Very cute game. So charming. I had a blast. And yeah, it was definitely strange, <laughs> it, like in terms of story-wise but that did not detract from the fun i was having yeah at all the game kind of went all over the place but it was a better conduit for new mechanics and stuff mm-hmm. like that they constantly change up how the game is played and abilities that you have and they they rely on the other player yeah. so it was really fun having to talk to the person next to you and have to work with them as a team mm-hmm. it was like portal but if portal just drank a bunch of cough syrup and said you know what we should do divorce there we go <laughs> divorce the game that is it takes two yeah for a game about 
objectively divorce. It was very, very, very sweet. Yeah, it had a good heart and mm -hmm. lots of fun characters, lots of really weird moments, but overall, really fun game. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, I just can't get over that one. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. But um, I can't get over the part where we have to like maul a child, a child's toy, to death. Yep. damn near death we ripped off an ear and a leg and it was just absolutely horrible and it's, it's begging us to stop it's saying this hurts stop please stop it. yeah and it's like the cutest little thing ever with the cutest little voice and it's like stop hurting me and i was th at that part i was in tears i needed to take a break after that but definitely made up for with that last part of the game where oh with the kiss <laughs> <laughs> yo okay this is definitely a spoiler but um if you make it to the end of the game there is an opportunity in which you can uh give a loving smooch to your partner and resolve the entire game and the way it works though <laughs> is that both players need to be pressing the same button at the same time yeah and it's for like 30 seconds or something you gotta hold it down watch uh -huh. your characters lean in and they hold each other and they kiss mm -hmm. but if you let go of the button <laughs> They kind of just fall back a little bit or lean back. And it's so funny watching one character uh -huh. lean forward and grope and kiss another. And the other the one's other like, one's whoa. Like, <laughs> and we definitely stretched that probably 30 seconds cutscene max into 15 minutes. That was 15 minutes just laughing and giggling. I was about to pee my pants. It was the funniest thing I've ever the seen. The very end where we just kept like, oh, lips. Ooh, Ooh. retract the lips. Yep. Ooh, lips. Retract yep. the lips. <laughs> No. so very cool game take your fucking time if you play that game get to the end and take your fucking time with that ending it's so funny it is a hoot we were also playing um gang beasts i have kind of fallen out of love with that game ever so slightly only because i'm simply getting bored of it well because you got too good at it i'm not too good at no, it okay let me tell you <laughs> somehow the game that's meant to be confusing and have ridiculous controls, mm -hmm. you are great at. I'm Joker Brain, baby. Kinda. Yeah. And whenever you play the game, you end up being like one of the last ones to make it or you end up winning. And I can see why it's not fun to you. That's why I stopped playing Halo. I'm just too good at I'm it. I'm just too good at it. Oh, speaking of, Halo, speaking of Halo, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Halo, what's going on? Like, okay. Go off, Queen. I don't really care about games too much really mm. i don't really let hype get to me i don't really get games on day one but shit man it's shit. a new halo and you've been playing it since like what fucking middle school since i was a child you yeah know, halo's like one of the first games i played and i don't know how i feel about this game other than disappointment and frustration mm. they had six years and i get you know covid happened but they went through multiple directors multiple writers lots of last minute changes and the game still isn't complete it was broken. It still is. Uh, some of the biggest game modes are just not available. Like when I play Halo, I think I want to play with a bunch of people. Big weapons, big vehicles. Nope. It took it all away. It's just broken and down. It's behind paywalls and it's just, it's stupid. And But you got a grappling hook. But you get a grappling <laughs> hook. So it's it's a-okay. I don't know. From what I remember, because you were playing it for a while and I would be like working and I would walk into the other room and damn near every time i would walk into the other room and you were playing halo it was always a cutscene with that like space gorilla oh my god yeah and he's saying the exact same things to you over and over again <laughs> well that's the thing is that like when i think of halo i think of beautiful alien planets and vistas and weird locations and swamps and you know outer space and all these biomes bitch yeah instead they go hey we're doing this next game is going to be one big open world 
I already knew that wasn't a good idea for a Halo game, but fuck it. Let's see where it goes. It's all one biome and it's just like woodsy and like foresty. Yeah. There's not even, you know, any remnants of like, this is an alien location. There's aliens in this world. It just feels dead and boring. The NPCs are no longer like fun. It used to be like, oh, you get like, you know, Marines next to you. You can work with them. You can have them be a part of your team and they actually can swap weapons with them. And instead they're just like props. You save mm-hmm. them and they don't really do much afterwards. <laughs> I remember you lighting them all up at the end and just being like, oh, nobody's dying, Yeah, they, bro. they don't say ow. They don't react when you They're shoot them. He's like, ah, fucking stop it. Yeah, it's just the game really does feel broken and unfinished. And it's crazy that like they're allowed to release this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've been protesting it for a while now. I played. I did a fair share. I wanted to make sure I go through the campaign and play a lot of multiplayer. And after a couple hours of it being broken and being stuck behind paywalls, not getting points for actually playing the game. I gotta say I was disappointed by it. Damn. I, I have a lot of flaws of the game. I can talk your ear off, but honestly, I don't really want to. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just exhausted by the game. It really sucks. Yeah. Keep, keep the brains in the ears. We don't want to overheat and anything melting out. In 10 years, though, it'll be good. Yeah. In 10 years, I think. Well, on top of that, I have been, this is a single player journey, <laughs> but I've been playing some motherfucking Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead? Yeet! Tahiti! I've been having so much fun with this shit, dude. Oh my god. That's like, the first game I played as like an adult that I just absolutely got sucked the fuck up into was uh, Breath of the Wild, which is incredible. I love that. Play that game if you have not played that game. But I was kind of just like, okay. I've finished Breath of the Wild. I have experienced the only game that will ever truly speak to me like that. And I will get super sucked into. And next thing I know, a couple months later, you're like, ah, just play the cowboy game. Play this cowboy game that I've been playing. I love this game. Give it a shot. And I was like, oh, fine. Whatever. I'm not into sleeping in poop and shooters, but fine. I'll give it a shot. It's so fun. (laughs) It's it's a hell of a game. It's so fucking fun. Well, because like you're not even going off and shooting yeah you're just walking around talking to people and mm-hmm. the game is just so in-depth that you can you you walk up to things and say i wonder if i can do this and you can yeah it's just fascinating the level of detail they put into this game because i don't know this to me is what six years of we've been making a game should look like mm-hmm. not something broken and unfinished like halo yeah i definitely had the wrong impression of it i thought it was mostly a shooter and that it would be really difficult for me to get adjusted to it because I don't really play shooters. I'm not really good at them. I don't really like them. But the mechanics on Red Dead kind of facilitate the action to where it's really... like It's challenging, but it's not fucking impossible if you're not like a pro gamer. Right. It, it just requires you to know what to do. Yeah. It doesn't ask for much other than just know the controls. Mm-hmm. You'll figure it out. Yeah. And by god i did and yeah. the best part is like you said just interacting with the environment because it's so big and there's so many things that you can do find sell hunt it's a little bit of everything it's a blast and it's crazy because like when i look back at it i think about you know the story itself was so captivating and so good but that wasn't why i kept playing it mm. the story really really pushed me through it but i really did just play it to explore I'm at a difficult point in the story right now, and I'm kind of like... <laughs> she just got through Gorma. Yeah, that was tough. That was interesting. Uh, fuck Gorma. Gorma was whack. But back in town, uh, picked up a little tuberculosis on the way. Yep. And so now I'm like, oh, fuck. I know it's just going to keep getting worse as I go through the story, so I want to just spend a lot more time 
hunting and shooting and fishing and Which picking I think up is, little things. I think that is the point of the game, though. Yeah. And I think that's when you, the player, and Arthur realize your time here isn't going to be long. What do you want to do with it? Buck it up. Let's go get drunk at the bar and go to jail. Hell yeah. Let's get it, bitch. No, I have been absolutely loving it. And thanks, Andy, for giving me that recommendation. Of course. Of course. So moving on. <laughs> Enough nerdy shit. Enough nerdy stuff. Let's talk about Muzak. So I think 2021 was a great year for music. Mm-hmm. Excellent year for music. Uh, what do you think? I had fun. I had a ton of fun. It seemed like... <laughs> I don't know. We run in, I wouldn't say completely different circles musically, but we we don't necessarily have too much crossover. But for you, I was very, very happy for you because it seemed like everybody you were interested in was dropping new stuff and like really fantastic shit. And you were stoked. And I definitely enjoyed a fuckload of albums this year. Oh, yeah. Um, should we go through them in like no particular order? Yeah, no particular order. We are all equals under this list. We uh, Don't make fun of me. I made a list. <laughs> he made a list and he's very excited about the list. Get hyped about the list. Get hyped. Okay. Um, favorite or not really favorite, just some notable music from 2021 in no particular order. Um, I want to shout out Crumb with Crub. Ice Melt. Crumb. <laughs> I want to shout out Crumb with Ice Melt. I really, really enjoyed that one. Um Tyler, the creator. Oh, my gosh. And we saw him perform live last year. We did. We saw him at Outside Lands. That was a great time. He was fantastic. That crowd was crazy, though. Oh, yeah. But uh, Call Me If You Get Lost, I thought it was really cool. Kind of returned to form after the lo-fi Igor kind of attempt. Oh, my gosh. And we saw him at um, the we, movies. We just saw him. Yes- <laughs> not yesterday. We just saw him two days ago at the movie theaters. Yeah. We were standing behind him in line for popcorn. Shout out, Tyler. Your hat was really cool. Yeah. Moving on from that, we have... Summer Walker with her follow-up from Over It, which is now called... Still Over It. She's still over She's it. She's still fucking over it. And this was one of my favorites of the year. Uh, I really am just obsessed with the R&B sphere right now because it is gorgeous. So oh, many yeah. talented-ass singers. And Summer Walker injected that album full of motherfucking hits, but she also spoke about her feelings. And I respect that. Yeah, really good album. Really strong. Um quite the left turn here but we're gonna be talking about black midi cavalcade <laughs> that was a great I one. That one i loved it i thought it was like i don't know it's only their second album but this one to me had you know the quieter moments were a lot quieter and the louder were a lot louder and i don't know they're really cool we also saw them live yeah i really wasn't too familiar with what their deal was before we saw them i like listened to the album with you and it was super cool super like inventive and prog rocky and ah, medieval it was super sick and then we got to go see him live and <laughs> i remember them all walking onto stage and just being like little lads in little tracksuits and i was like oh my god i thought you guys were like wizards in real life yeah no they're just they're just a bunch of kids still they put on a hell of a fucking show though i had a great time they really did shout out black midi on a very different note we have um lil sims with sometimes i might be introvert I don't think you know this one too much. I really don't. I can't say I've heard anything from it that I remember. Well, it's a great one. I think you'd like it. Mm-hmm. We also have Pink Pantheress with her album To Hell With It. Oh. This one blew up on TikTok this year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you know what's on and popping for her right now? She supposedly has a new song dropping with Miss Willow. Ooh. I know. And I've heard like the... 10 second snippet she put on tiktok and it sounds pretty interesting i'll show you i'll show you later see how you feel yeah well uh 
I don't know. To Hell With It, great album. It's like 20 minutes long if you want to check it out. She's so, got a killer voice too. Yeah. Lots of energy. Lots of uh, fun music. Mm-hmm. Another one we have is actually one that your sister played one song from. My sister's so fucking cool. This is a PSA for anybody and everybody listening right now. My sister's the coolest fucking human on this earth. Has an incredible taste in music. So she's always putting me on what's cool and what's happening with the kids. Shout out Charlotte. Let's go. Shout out Charlotte. Shout out Char. So this one, she like she played in the car. She played one song from it. I think it was a self-titled track. And actually, I don't know what song it was. I take that back. But uh, I really enjoyed it. So I sat down and listened to the rest of the album in my own time. And I really, really enjoyed it. So this one goes out to Sad Night Dynamite with their self-titled album. Yo, yeah. I remember that song. And I remember being like, dang, she's done it again. Mm-hmm. She's found another banger once again. That's my girl. In the punk scene, I want to shout out Amel and the Sniffers, Comfort to Me. Mm. I thought it was a really good one. Just some good grungy kind of energized punk music. And Amel has a hell of a voice. So shout her out. I thought she was great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Arca completed her kick series with, I think it was three through five this year or like two through five. But we ended up seeing her live at the A2B2 show. Which was incredible. Which was really cool. That was a really good, really good album. All five of them. Just like lots of variation with the sounds and everything. So shout her out. That was a really shout good out, one. Shout out, shout out. An album that came out last year that i was super stoked about was ash nico's new album demi devil that shit had some bangers on him listen i ride for her i do love my girl ash nico i really desperately enjoyed that album about half of it i was absolutely obsessed with half of it and there was a couple there was a handful of songs on there that didn't necessarily super do it for me but Overall, I am stoked on where she's going. Her career seems to be really taking off. I applaud her for giving me Grimes and not making me say, ugh, Grimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? 2021 was a great year to go, ugh, <sighs> But that Grimes. was not one of the reasons. No. Yeah. And I, um, I'm really stoked on where her career's headed. It seems like she's just riding the up and up. And I really like the music that she puts out. It is fun as fuck to dance to. So thank you, Miss Ash Nico. Even though she kind of sucks live. Uh, I did see her at what seemed to be not a great performance for her. But it happens. it happens. I had my fun. And I wish her the best on the next tour and the tour after that. Because I know she's going to be all over the place for a long time. Yeah. We have Black Country New Road with For the First Time. This was their debut. I thought it was really cool. I know you're not too familiar. I totally missed this one, I think. it. Okay. Take your familiarity with Black Midi. And take away kind of the medieval aspect that you brought up. Okay. They're kind of just more contemporary prog rock, if that makes sense. Uh, I mean, can you do a little doot, doot, doot for me so I can visualize it? Doot, doot, a little doot. <laughs> Don't nardwar me. <laughs> you just got nardward. Fuck. Um, after that, we have Undo K from Hot, G-A-S, Get a Star. Um, not much to say about this one other than it's just always cool to see what Zach Hill's been up to. He still has that energy. And, you know, once again, he just came out with a very different, unique kind of loud sound. So I'm always happy to see what he's doing. We love Zach Hill in this house. After that, um, one that I really enjoyed was Hey What by Low. Just some good, like, noise rock. I don't know if you're too familiar with them, but... I, another one that I think I missed, but I'm sure I've heard you play it in the car a bajillion times. It's probably one of those that I turn on and skip the minute you get into the car. <laughs> Is it too gnarly for me? It's not too gnarly, but <laughs> it's very much not what you would listen to. Mm, but okay. I found this one to be one of their better ones in recent years. So, yeah, I really I really enjoyed that. Hell yeah. After that, we have Our Girl, 
TK Miza. Hey. With Last Year Was Weird 3. Oh, it's the third part. It's the third one. There's it's the third year. Two other ones. Yeah, just coincidentally happened to be weird years where she released these albums. Look at that. No, she's fun as fuck. I haven't heard everything off of this album or honestly too much in her discography, but the songs I do be hearing, they are sticking in my brain. I love this girl. Bitch, I'm Kim. I know. And we have tickets to go see her coming up. Yeah, we do. So stoked. That's going to be a great time. Super exciting. And one that really stood out to me that I want to talk about, and I'm sure you've heard me playing too many songs (laughs) off of it. Knees. Knees. (laughs) That album would be Injury Reserve by the time I get to Phoenix. I, I don't really know what to say about this album, but I've never heard a hip hop album that just sounds this defeated the opening track kind of just solidifies that this world you're going to listen to and live in for a little bit it's not the best it's not the cheeriest it sounds like the the group kind of lost and they did because they ended up losing one of their front men grogs who if you're a fan of injury reserve you're aware that you know he was a vital part for the group's energy and losing him i believe midway through production you can tell the the group kind of took a break and reevaluated what they wanted the sound of this album to be and they created a very emotional and very kind of gut-punching album. I've, I've never heard a hip-hop album that honestly made me cry. And there's songs in here that have themes that I've never heard talked about in music, such as, like you said, the song Knees, where it's just about getting older and, you know, subtly seeing yourself changing in ways that you're not too comfortable with. That existential dread hip-hop, bro. I don't know. A song that really stood out to me was Top Picks For You, which... The way I interpret it is it's about the algorithm that people have online, whether it be TikTok or Spotify or YouTube recommendations still existing after a loved one has gone. And that algorithm is feeding, you know, music that they would have enjoyed or content they would have liked. And I think the song is about hearing that music and knowing your friend would have liked it. That loved one that passed would have really liked it. And it, it, I found the song to be really emotional. I, I've I've lost friends and I've had the same feeling and I've never heard it put into a song before. And to hear, you know, someone articulates that feeling of kind of that ghost still existing within an algorithm, I thought was really just impactful and powerful. And, you know, the closing track by Storm just kind of just has that feeling of, yeah, shit sucks. And yeah, we lost, but the show must go on. And I think overall that being the theme of the album really ties it all together really well and wraps up into a emotional and very sad but not quite pessimistic album and for hip-hop something that's experimental and emotional i've never heard that before and it kind of just goes with i don't know probably how a lot of people felt about 2021 as a year yeah i mean they have songs that reference you know just Mm -hmm. the paranoia the conspiracies and the madness of the last couple of years going on and i'm sure that was a big impact to mm-hmm. just the sound of the album as well because it's nothing like they've done in the past normally their stuff has a little bit more energy this was very just like i said defeated on a brighter note <laughs> king gizzard and the lizard wizard <laughs> with butterfly 3000 work <laughs> i thought it was great shanghai catching smoke oh my god 180 so fast i got whiplash bro you know me <laughs> I don't know. Those those to me were some of the more notable albums. There's a couple other ones that came out from bands that I loved, but these ones off the top of my head and off that list, these are the ones that really stood out to me. That was a hell of a list. Can we all give Andy a big round of applause on his list? Please, please, please. <laughs> That's the wrong one. <laughs> I pressed the wrong button. 
Okay, you don't get a round of applause, but you get a little jazzy little something. Well, which one's the applause button? Now I'm just curious. Oh, gosh. Well, I guess we better find out sooner instead of later. Ooh, it's not a little sexy. There, there we, we go. go. Thank you. Thank That's you. for you and your list. Great job. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, as the um, less organized person living in this building, didn't prepare a list. Uh, I'm simply, I'm just ready to vibe. And some of my favorite vibes of 2021, sonically, uh, were Olivia Rodrigo Sour. Ooh! Oh! Oh, baby! Oh, and honestly, I could be fucking it up. I have a hunch that maybe that album came out in 2020. Nope. It didn't? Nope. Score. Um, yeah. That shit grabbed my wig, dragged me back to the 11th grade, and it was a wild ride. It was so fun. I had such a, just a cathartic experience listening to it, being in my mid-20s, just like, oh shit, (laughs) all of these big feelings that I remember feeling for the first time, this girl is feeling them. Oh my goodness, sis, you got this. It It was a very nice warm hug of an album but also in that same breath just a nice little reminder that oh my fucking god it's so difficult to be a fucking teenager yeah she captured the the emotions of being a teenager very well yeah something about it like it's not my kind of sound but goddamn, was that a good album you know Mm -hmm. it was a really really good record and i just feel like maybe she just tapped into a part of me but i felt young listening to it i felt Mm -hmm. like a teenager i felt those emotions coming up again big feelings big old feelings that you're getting for the first time and what the fuck do you do with them you listen to olivia rodrigo's sour and you have a good cry it's gonna be okay all of you will be okay i promise um i'm trying to think what else i was really fucking with this year you know what i think this album came out in 2020 so i could be tripping and we might have to cut this shout it out anyway shout it out anyways um slater slater you're debut album was fucking awesome it's a vibe i didn't get it at first but i'm on board you are taking me into the light of hyper pop slowly but surely thank you for your contribution let's go slater <laughs> let's go slater let's get it if you ever need some fun bitch bimbo music that is your girl who else was i obsessed with this year i was obsessed with she just came out so it's 2022 i'm jumping all over the place it's just things from recent memory Charlie XCX and Rina Sawayama's new song, incredible. Beg for it. Beg for you. Beg for you. Oh my God, their she, voices work so well together. Rina is a god. She's incredible. She's incredible, and I just simply can't wait to see what the next album is going to look like because I know it's going to be sickening. It's going to be incredible. Well, that is a great segue because we're just about out of time, and I have one last question for you. Given the theme of this episode is 2021. Yeah. My question for you is, what are you looking forward to movie, music, TV show-wise in 2022? Ooh, that's a fun question. I'm really looking forward to the new season of Dollface. Okay. I'm very excited for that. I really thought the first one was so charming. That's the Kat Dennings one, right? Yeah. You watched like the last episode of the first season with me and you were like, what the fuck just happened? I thought it was the pilot (laughs) and I was like, oh, I'm ready. This This looks like a lot of fun. Let's do it. It is a lot of fun. And I love any show that just champions female friendship in any and all form um what else what else am i digging oh my god holy fuck i am so excited for charlie xcx's new album that shit's gonna kill what are you what are you uh looking forward to mister well going back to music i guess i think king gizzard actually has another 
possible oh double LP coming out. I'm excited oh. for that. The devil works hard, but King Gizzard and the Lizard's Wizard <laughs> they work fucking harder. <laughs> um, I think movie wise, Ari Aster, the director of Midsummer and mm. Hereditary, has a new movie coming out. I think it's like a dark comedy. Okay. I'm always excited for what he has going on. Ooh. Um, Robert Eggers has his Nordic Viking movie, The Northman. Oh my God. Yeah, you sent me that trailer. Yeah, he's really good at like historical accuracy and pinpointing the, the, the little things that make history feel alive. So I'm excited for that one. It looks like a good ass kicking movie. Oh yeah. And I think, what's that Brendan Fraser movie? Is that the one with... Hello? Brendan Fraser is doing a movie. I think it's called The Whale with Darren Aronofsky directing it. That one I'm really curious about. Huh? Yeah, that one should be fun. Oh, we should definitely look that up. Oh my gosh. Pam and Tommy. I want to watch that. Very excited about that. Curious about that one, but curious about that. Let's see how we'll that definitely turns have out. to talk more about it later once we get going on it. Oh yeah. But I think as far as, you know, expectations and hype, Wet Leg has an upcoming album and that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Movies and you know, music. That's it for me. Well, I simply uh must shout out the thing that I'm most excited about for next year. None is uh filming more motherfucking episodes with you of this podcast. Duh. Taping more stuff. I'm having fun. You having fun? It's our second rodeo. You gotta one up me, don't you? I know, right? Come on, that was pretty smooth. All right. Well, that's gonna be it for today. Woo! It was fun. I had fun. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We got some big things planned for the next one. A lot of uh hopefully interesting and amusing conversation. Yeah, we're uh gonna be leaning toward nostalgia. Time for another decade. Time to jump back. Let's time travel to a simpler time. The 2000s. Wow, wow, wow. See you there. Catch you later. Bye.